business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, April 5th. It was a long, cold night for two kayakers who found themselves stranded on the Marine Max breakwater last weekend. The kayakers were rescued after two local homeowners happened to hear their cries for help. When the couple found the kayakers, it was past midnight, below 45 degrees, and they say the pair looked to be in rough shape. One was huddled on the rocks, the other was doing jumping jacks to try and stay warm. The couple called 911 and the two kayakers were off the rocks in a little over 30 minutes. A close call. Two people were seriously injured in a crash on Highway 5. 26-year-old Preston Jones Kleinfelter was driving when his vehicle ran into the back of another vehicle, driven by 35-year-old Fraquan Langriel. Jones Kleinfelter's car traveled off the left side of the road and hit a nearby building. The other vehicle drove off the road and overturned. Jones Kleinfelter and a passenger in the other vehicle both sustained serious injuries. They were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. It's Election Day in Missouri. Alderman, school board, and mayor, among others, are all up for election in cities and districts across the lake area. Municipal elections typically have low turnout, so you can find more information on what candidates are up for election in your area and where to vote at lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. The college basketball champion has been crowned. Turned out to be quite a game last night. North Carolina had won six national titles going in. Kansas had won three. The Jayhawks jumped out to a quick 7-0 start to the game. Carolina rallied back, scoring 16 unanswered points. They had a big 15-point lead at halftime, but Kansas came out strong in the second half, rallied from those 15 points down to take a lead, and then pulled away in the final seconds for a 72-69 win. It was the biggest comeback in championship game history, Kansas getting the win. Uh, So they beat Carolina. It's Kansas' fourth national title, second for Coach Bill Self. KU now four and six in national championship games. By the way, there was a Missouri flavor in the uh, final last night. Caleb Love of North Carolina. 
Carolina, played for Christian Brothers College High School in St. Louis. Dewan Harris Jr. played for Rockbridge, and they actually played against each other in the 2019 state championship game. That was won by Rockbridge by four points, and again, the same guy, Harris and Kansas, won it over Love and North Carolina last night. In the women's tournament final, number one North or South Carolina beat UConn for the women's national championship. The defending national champion was Stanford. They lost in the round of Final Four. St. Louis Blues with their second straight win. They beat the Coyotes 5-1 last night. They'll be home to the Kraken tomorrow. Golf's first major of the year starts Thursday. That, of course, would be the Masters. Some softball tonight. The Mizzou Lady Tigers 22-13 will be at home against Kansas City tonight. And the final game of spring training for the Cardinals. They take on the Marlins before heading home for the home opener on Thursday. The Royals, they take on the Brewers today in Arizona. Then they break camp, and they will open the season at home against the Guardians on Thursday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. That's right. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. He was a radio star. Now he's a TV star. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour. He's hilarious almost every hour. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90. Absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Programming on Key Radio made possible through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about the very incredible and popular wall art you'll find at Victoria Station. We've always been known for our wall art. Um, We have a large selection of both metal art and framed art canvas prints in traditional and in uh, the nautical themes. And so we're a destination for wall art. We're also known for a large variety of lamps. We like cool, unique lamps that'll give give lighting in your living area, not just a utility lampshade there that's producing light, but to add the decorative features to that. Um, we are going to feature a section in the store of American-made products. Some of those are locally sourced and some of those from the Midwest, and we're, we're really excited to be able to do that. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit, and the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 9.30 to 5.30.
happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. And it is the Daily Show at 808. Good morning and thanks so much for joining us on this election day, a day that we ask folks to get out and vote or don't complain about the results after the fact. That is exactly what uh, people are talking about and we've talked about and we're mentioning it uh, today plenty of times. Uh, a lot of different races going on uh, for uh, Board of Education. We uh, talked to use tax yesterday with David Stokes. We've got uh, Board of Aldermen races. We've got mayoral races. We've got uh, a little something going on everywhere. And again, uh, maybe uh, some of these uh, folks don't feel like uh, they need to get out and vote. But as I said, hey, if you don't vote, you can't complain the day after. Well, you can. But the question I think most people would ask is, well, did you vote? And if you say no, well, then guess what? Forget it. (laughs) It's falling on deaf ears if you did not get out and vote. And Election Day around the Lake of the Ozarks uh, would not be... uh, uh, would not be normal, I guess, if you want to call it that, without a little controversy. And it seems as though the uh, mayor of Lake Ozark is in hot water. And we'll talk more about that here coming up in uh, in just a bit. Saw something on social media, as uh, I think many folks did. And it uh, opened a few eyes. And uh, it's probably going to be opening more than just a few eyes down the road as far as ethics and things along those lines. Weather forecast for today, uh, breaks of sun this afternoon with light rain uh, throughout the morning and a high of 72. Thunderstorms early, then variable clouds overnight, a low of 45. Then we'll have a a bit of a cool front that moves through. Not extremely cool. Partly cloudy on Wednesday with a high of 62 and a low of 39. 54 the high on Thursday with a low of uh, 34 and a partly cloudy sky. 46 on Friday with a low of 31 and some clouds for the uh, second Lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival. We've got uh, great weather, 60 on Saturday, and uh, sunshine, partly cloudy, and 79 on Sunday. And then we will get into this uh, groove of mid to upper 70s uh, until about Thursday when uh, we cool down again. Looks like Monday's high of 78, 74 with some isolated thunderstorms on Tuesday, scattered thunderstorms on Wednesday and 70, then Thursday, 54 degrees with some morning showers. But hey, that's next week, man. We've got this uh, whole week ahead of us, and again, today is Election Day. 54 degrees in Osage Beach as we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. And again, always uh, very thankful to have this opportunity in this location. And I will tell you that... uh, Again, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend prior, they uh, they were broken into here at SRG Financial Advisors. But as is the case, not the brightest bulbs in the box, the thieves that uh, decided to come in and, and, and take various things. And unfortunately, their thievery was motivated by drugs. And so in... Uh, picking various items to steal, and there were a lot of things that they could have stolen that uh, would have made them maybe some serious money if they would have got it to a pawn shop, but uh, they took miscellaneous items that uh, all of us here are kind of scratching our heads over going, what in the world were they thinking there? They weren't. 8-11 is our time, so I've got some guests coming up today I'm excited about. Um, coming up a little bit later on in the hour is uh, 
Ashley Hayes. And we've talked to Ashley before. She's going to be calling into the program this morning and talking about this second lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival, which will take place this Saturday and Sunday, noon to 7, both days at the Lori Hillbilly Fairgrounds, and a lot of fun stuff going on there. Also, Dan Wass, my buddy, the author of Good Gun, Bad Guy, uh, the Good Gun, Bad Guy series, who is, uh, he's just going crazy, uh, talking to folks about uh, the Second Amendment. And uh, we're going to be talking with him about uh, the Second Amendment, and in particular, uh, a press release that he came out with, did NBC and the Pennsylvania AG's office commit gun crimes while attempting to do a hit piece on ghost guns? So we'll find out uh, a little bit more about uh, what's on Dan's mind, and we'll discuss ghost guns in particular. Also, uh, wanted to uh, send a shout-out to our friends. Let me find it here real quick. Over at uh, Kent Memorial Lutheran Church, they have got uh, a great program lined up for uh, Holy Week at Kent Memorial Church, Palm Sunday on April the 10th at 10 a.m. They'll have services on uh, April the 14th at 6 p.m., the Good Friday worship uh, service at 6 p.m. on April the 15th, Easter Sunday, 6.30, they'll have their sunrise service in Holy Communion. 7.30, 7.30, the Easter Pancake Breakfast, 53rd Annual Easter Pageant. He is risen at 8.30. An Easter Egg Hunt at 9.30. And at 10 a.m., a Worship with Holy Communion. And uh, Kent Memorial Lutheran Church, located at 184 Sunset Hill Drive, Sunrise Beach, Missouri. If you'd like any more information, call the church at 573-374-5267. 573 and uh, who knows, we might even get in touch with those folks and uh, talk to them a little bit more about what they've got uh, coming up. Bob Harger, thank you, sir. appreciate it. And uh, we thank you for reaching out and sending us this uh, public service information. It is very, very useful. And uh, folks really appreciate it. Today, by the way, if you're keeping score, is uh, National Deep Dish Pizza Day, a day to enjoy the deep dish pizza. Okay, so... The argument rages on about deep dish versus thin crust versus hand-tossed. I'm from St. Louis, um, you know, grew up with that Emo's pizza. I like the thin crust. But I'm always willing to delve into other areas when it comes to food, right? You don't know until you try. So celebrate however you uh, celebrate. <clears throat> uh, today is first contact day, Trekkies Unite. They celebrate all things Star Trek until... Uh, they make first contact in 2063, right? I don't know if you're a fan of Star Trek or not. I hear people call it Star Trek. It's Star Trek. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry, uh, he was on to something. And then, of course, all of the spinoffs that came. You know, you've got uh, Star Trek The Next Generation and a number of others, Deep Space Nine. Uh, I've watched all of them. Uh, Voyager. Uh, it was just uh, It's a great series, and I continue to watch it. If you get to the BBC network, uh, they normally have it on uh, in the mornings and uh, early afternoon. Go for Broke Day. Get ready to to, uh, discover why National Go for Broke Day is such a significant day. Maybe we can talk a little bit about this here this morning. As a matter of fact, uh, Go for Broke Day, Celebrating a day marked in honor of one of the first or finest American military units that fought for peace and saw to end saw to the end of World War II, 
the 442nd Regiment Combat Team of the United States Army. Did you know that the members of this military unit were all American, Japanese? Yes. And their grit and commitment to duty made them a well-reckoned unit worth remembering. So there you go on uh, Go For Broke Day. Also today is uh, National Library Workers Day, National Flash Drive Day, National Caramel Day, and uh, Read a Roadmap Day. Who still uses a good old-fashioned roadmap? Open up the glove compartment to your vehicle, and there it is, a map of Missouri, a map of the United States, what have you. 573-633-5395. Again, of course, today is Election Day. The polls opened this morning at uh, 6 a.m. They will remain open until 7 o'clock tonight. Do you know where your polling place is? Are you a registered voter? Did you... Take the time to get registered. Do you check on these sorts of things? Do you keep up to date? Do you have a voter registration card? Well, they're pretty easy to get. And it's pretty easy to get registered for the opportunity to uh, get out there and vote. 817 is our time. So as I mentioned earlier, the uh, mayor of Lake Ozark, Dennis Newberry, is uh, in some hot water. Because he endorsed some candidates, some candidates, I believe, that were running. And I saw this uh, letter that he posted on social media last night. He has endorsed a couple of uh, candidates for School of the Osage uh, Board of Education. Also a couple of uh, candidates for uh, the Camdenton School Board. And some uh, Lake Ozark Board of Aldermen candidates. And so apparently this letter was put up and then taken down, but not before um, a local news organization was able to get a screenshot of it and do a little digging. And, you know, endorsing candidates is not a bad thing. It's really not. You can endorse whoever you want to endorse personally, right? But don't use city letterhead. And that's what the mayor has done. (laughs) Apparently he did his endorsing on uh, city a letterhead, and uh, that's a no-no. And that is something that uh, obviously is going to be looked into. As far as uh, what could happen to the current mayor, Dennis Newberry, of the city of Lake Ozark, well, I guess what will happen is uh, the Missouri Ethics Commission will get a look at this and uh, talk to people. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that... um, if the candidates he did not endorse lose, they can file a complaint against the city. And I don't necessarily know. Uh, and, and, and why would someone do that in the first place? Don't you think the mayor would, would know that that's not something that you do, that you don't involve the city? If he personally comes out and says, you know, I'm Dennis Newberry, and he doesn't say, you know, I'm the mayor of Lake Ozark, certainly if he doesn't use city stationery. city letterhead, then everything's okay. He can endorse whoever the heck he wants. But when he involves the city, then that takes on a uh, totally different look. The complexity of the situation changes uh, in leaps and bounds. So I guess now we'll have to wait for the fallout. (laughs) And uh, I guess he's hoping that uh, he's hoping that all the candidates that he endorsed win, because if they don't, 
and other candidates, uh, well, point being is that he, he hopes that all these candidates win. <laughs> and I guess the candidates that he doesn't endorse, rather, uh, may more than likely uh, be lodging complaints against the city. So this is going to be an interesting situation, and we, you know, uh, normally you have controversy after an election, right? <laughs> somebody says there's voter fraud, or somebody says that uh, uh, this didn't go like it was supposed to, and we need to investigate this or that, but how often do you hear about improprieties ahead of an election? Well, I, I, I'm saying on the local level, but you never know, right? In this world that we live in, in this day and age, but going into this election, we've already uh, it, it, it's already somewhat tainted, I guess, if you want to call it that. Interestingly enough, though, when I was looking at that letter last night, and he was endorsing uh, school board uh, candidates for Camdenson, and you know, these two candidates that he has uh, endorsed, I wonder if they're like, hey. Thank you, but no. You know, we want to distance ourselves. We don't want to be involved in the controversy. And I guess that could be said for all of the candidates that are endorsed in this letter. Again, using city letterhead. And that's that's a no-no. They don't, uh, they don't like that. And so the folks uh, from Lake News Online uh, got a hold of the story. And uh, before this letter was taken down, they were, they were able to screenshot it and do... Uh, um, do some investigating, and it all falls under uh, the use of public resources, from what I understand. So we'll have to see uh, just exactly how all of this plays out and uh, what is uh, coming up for the city of Lake Ozark. I don't necessarily know if they would uh, remove the mayor. At this point, uh, we don't have a uh, an idea of what... Uh, could happen. Maybe some folks know. If you do, give us a call here this morning, 573-633-5395. Were you at all surprised by this? And uh, for folks in Lake Ozark, you know, what does that mean? Well, they say, no, 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 whatever the results are, we have to, we have to do this all over again. And I don't know that the if, if if any other city official has come out and you know your city administrator or somebody has come out and tried to save face and say you know what this was a boo boo this was a mistake we don't you know we want to go back and and uh, and say that no we don't endorse anyone for any office for any reason and uh, that the mayor Dennis Newberry kind of. Uh, Went out on a limb, way out on a limb. And uh, let's see how that uh, all fares. 8.23 is our time. Like I said, uh, a little controversy ahead of things. <laughs> it, it's funny because it's like, you know, he, he, maybe his intentions were, were, were good, but you know what they say about good intentions, right? You just can't involve the city. He could have said, you know, I endorse this person for this office and this person for school board and this issue and so on and so forth as Dennis Newberry, but uh, he just can't involve the city, and he did. So that's where it uh, sits as of right now. And uh, 
looks like, uh, again, uh, the Missouri Ethics Commission will uh, get to the bottom of this and we'll uh, find out as details become available. 824. Hey, there, you know, there's another group, there's another organization out there that uh, is providing uh, a lot of opportunities for folks, and I don't know, the Beam Lighthouse, which is down on the Bagnell Dam Strip, uh, they are offering a number of uh, cool things on April the 16th. They've got a car show coming up. Um, let's see, what else? Um, hmm. I, I I think maybe this car show is not on the Strip. It's actually off of Highway 42 in Iberia on April the 16th. It's from 11 until 1. Uh, the Good Fellas, uh, I think that's what it said, Good Fellas Car Show, which is going to be in Iberia but is associated with uh, the Beam. What else have they got going on here? Let's find out. Get some more things happening here. Uh, Bradley Berg sent me a bunch of public service announcements. Uh, they've got their spring in from 9 to 5 at the uh, Beam Lighthouse. I guess maybe it's through spring. It doesn't have uh, any days attached to it, like uh, a specific day, but spring in from uh, 9 until 5. They've also uh, got a, a food and fellowship uh, event on Sundays at 12.30. You are welcome to join their gathering, again, at the Beam Lighthouse. What else do we have here? Uh, Scripture-centered uh, Sunday on uh, Sundays at 10 a.m. They're at the Beam. And I know they've got a few more. I mean, he sent me a whole mess of these public service announcements. I know they have a veterans event there. Um, our good buddy John Morlock with the Heroes Outreach. They get together on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Complimentary refreshments and breakfast again at the Beam Lighthouse on the Bagnell Dam Strip. Veterans and first responders. Heroes Outreach program teaming up with the Beam Lighthouse. And this is, John and I have talked before and maybe you've uh, heard our conversations where we have uh, just uh, tried to reach out to the veterans in and around the area. John always says, you know, if it's something that I have to explain to you, then uh, there's probably no use in talking to the average person, that person who never served in the military. But the goal here is to get the veterans out, get them together, get them talking, uh, in some cases maybe even begin the healing process, and also take the time to uh, just let people know that there are other people, other veterans out there uh, that can help you. If you need uh, some information on benefits, if you need uh, just somebody to talk to, you know. Seems like a lot of veterans, you know, you hear about the suicide rate uh, for veterans. They say at least 22 veterans commit suicide every day. And while that doesn't seem like a huge number, it doesn't make any difference about the number. That could be someone's dad, could be someone's mom, could be someone's brother or sister. And certainly if they're in that condition, you would hope that, uh, that maybe they can find some help. In some cases, they don't want help. They're in a state where um, maybe things in their lives just don't seem right and they don't 
want to live anymore. But certainly if you can catch that before it happens, it would certainly mean a lot to save a life. 828. And we've got, uh, as I said, Ashley Hayes coming up here shortly. We'll talk with Ashley about this uh, second Lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival. Uh, again, Laura Hibbley Fairgrounds is Saturday and Sunday, noon to 7. Dan Wass is going to join us. We'll talk Second Amendment. We'll talk uh, about what's on his mind, this story about NBC and uh, the Pennsylvania AG's office where they uh, uh, in cahoots, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, did they commit gun crimes? And uh, committing gun crimes while attempting to do a hit piece on ghost guns. So we've got that going on. 54 degrees again here in Osage Beach. Actually, uh, 54 degrees seems to be, well, actually 55 now, seems to be the theme for the day. I don't know about you, but I think uh, a lot of folks are getting a little sick of this rain. We'll have some rain this morning and then uh, some breaks in the clouds this afternoon. We'll hit a high of 72 and then drop down to 45 for the overnight low. Missing my buddy. I had him with me yesterday. My new friend, my new pal, Lightning. Lightning the Wonder Dog. I adopted him from Ozark's Cat and Canine uh, on Friday. And again, kind of a sad story. We were there uh, filming a feature for Lake TV and uh, walked out getting ready to leave and head out to uh, do other things. And here's this guy having to surrender his dog. And it was a pretty sad sight to see. And Mary Meow Me Tilly, who uh, works there, she knew that I was visibly, I was visibly shaken by what I had seen. And so I I stuck around for a little while after the guy left and uh, tried to comfort the dog, but the dog was freaking out. And so I took a picture of him, took him home, took the picture home to my wife, showed her, and she said, yep, let's do it. Let's adopt him. So he's hanging out. Uh, he has, when I adopted him, apparently the owner surrendered the dog and brought in some of the dog's um, personal effects, this bed which was huge. The dog, you can get about two more or three more dogs in this bed. This bed is so big. <laughs> it takes up like one corner, entire corner of my my bedroom. And then we got his bowls and everything like that. But uh, I know he's not listening this morning. He's, uh, I think he's watching. He was watching TV when I left. I've never seen a dog that really is that intent on watching TV. 8.30 is our time. We've got information and lots of it from Stacy Johnson. Over at LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source, Chris Schneider. Hey, man, what a what a game last night between was it KU and North Carolina for the uh, NCAA championship in basketball, and that's the kind of game you like to see. You don't, you know, if it's one sided, it gets boring in a hurry. But a heck of a game, and Chris Schneider with Lake TV, he's got all the details. And uh, we've got uh, our first guest of the morning, Ashley Hayes, on the way following our information break here on The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, April 5th. 
It was a long, cold night for two kayakers who found themselves stranded on the Marine Max breakwater last weekend. The kayakers were rescued after two local homeowners happened to hear their cries for help. When the couple found the kayakers, it was past midnight, below 45 degrees, and they say the pair looked to be in rough shape. One was huddled on the rocks, the other was doing jumping jacks to try and stay warm. The couple called 911 and the two kayakers were off the rocks in a little over 30 minutes. A close call. Two people were seriously injured in a crash on Highway 5. 26-year-old Preston Jones Kleinfelter was driving when his vehicle ran into the back of another vehicle, driven by 35-year-old Fraquan Langriel. Jones Kleinfelter's car traveled off the left side of the road and hit a nearby building. The other vehicle drove off the road and overturned. Jones Kleinfelter and a passenger in the other vehicle both sustained serious injuries. They were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. It's election day in Missouri. Alderman, school board, and mayor, among others, are all up for election in cities and districts across the lake area. Municipal elections typically have low turnout, so you can find more information on what candidates are up for election in your area and where to vote at lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key and Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and bobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key and Lock serving the entire lake area. Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. The college basketball champion has been crowned. Turned out to be quite a game last night. North Carolina had won six national titles going in. Kansas had won three. The Jayhawks jumped out to a quick 7-0 start to the game. Carolina rallied back, scoring 16 unanswered points. They had a big 15-point lead at halftime, but Kansas came out strong in the second half, rallied from those 15 points down to take a lead and then pulled away in the final seconds for a 72-69 win. It was the biggest comeback in championship game history. Kansas getting the win. Uh, so they beat Carolina. It's Kansas' fourth national title, second for Coach Bill Self. KU now 4-6 and six in national championship games. By the way, there was a Missouri flavor in the uh, final last night. Caleb Love of North Carolina played for Christian Brothers College High School in St. Louis. Dewan Harris Jr. played for Rockbridge, and they actually played against each other in the 2019 state championship game. That was won by Rockbridge by four points, and again, the same guy, Harris and Kansas, won it over Love and North Carolina last night. In the women's tournament final, number one North or South Carolina beat UConn for the women's national championship. 
The defending national champion was Stanford. They lost in the round of Final Four. St. Louis Blues with their second straight win. They beat the Coyotes 5-1 last night. They'll be home to the Kraken tomorrow. Golf's first major of the year starts Thursday. That, of course, would be the Masters. Some softball tonight. The Mizzou Lady Tigers 22-13 will be at home against Kansas City tonight. And the final game of spring training for the Cardinals. They take on the Marlins before heading home for the home opener on Thursday. The Royals, they take on the Brewers today in Arizona. Then they break camp, and they will open the season at home against the Guardians on Thursday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. That's right. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. He was a radio star. Now he's a TV star. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour. He's hilarious almost every hour. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90. Absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. There is a battle raging for the hearts and minds of our children, a battle to erase Christian values and constitutional principles. Concerned Women for America of Missouri invites you to their state conference April 9th in Springfield to hear leaders and experts speak on important issues including critical race theory, transgenderism, and election integrity. You'll leave inspired and equipped. The night before, CWA will hold their pastor-to-pastor dinner, leading in today's culture. Learn what churches can legally do to bring biblical values to all areas of influence and lead your congregation in these difficult times. There's no cost to pastors. RSVP on Eventbrite. For information, visit the CWA of Missouri Facebook events page. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. All right, folks, it's 838, and thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Kind of a rainy start to your day, 55 degrees here in Osage Beach on our way to a high today of 72. Morning showers possible. We'll see a few uh, breaks in the clouds, some sunshine today. And uh, again, uh, not bad as we get up to that high of 73. 45, high star, what's going on, girl? The uh, the other dog that uh, kind of runs around here, that is uh, Starburst Star. She is a Labradoodle, and uh, she's a lot of fun just hanging out. It's great. You know, you go someplace, and there's dogs running around. That You, you know straight up that that's a great place to be. Uh, it's the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Anywho, 45 the low tonight, uh, maybe some showers likely, and uh, possibly a thunderstorm this evening. Some lingering showers, and uh, hopefully things will begin to uh, clear up. As we head into Wednesday, partly cloudy and 63. Thursday, partly cloudy and 54. Clouds and 45 on Friday. 
But we've got some nice weather lined up for this uh, food truck festival coming up this weekend. 59 and sunshine on Saturday, 79 expected high and partly cloudy on Sunday. Mostly cloudy and 78 on uh, Monday. Again, some scattered showers possible Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday's high of 74, Wednesday's high of 68 degrees. 839, 55 degrees. Take a, uh, let's take a quick look here at the uh, current conditions at uh, Bagnell Dam. Somebody says, that's not Bagnell, it's Bagnell. You say potato, I say potato. 655.35, the current lake level, 564.59 is the current river level. So there you go, and that discharge rate's still up there. They're uh, still continuing to let out quite a bit of water to make way for all of this uh, wonderful spring rain that we're receiving. Isn't it fun? Isn't it wonderful? But I will tell you, folks, there's nothing to worry about this weekend. Uh, the weather is looking good. About 60 on Saturday, close to 80 on Sunday. And uh, we've got food, food trucks, and a lot of fun folks. And Ashley Hayes joining us this morning here on Key Radio to uh, to talk about it. Ashley, how you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Katie. Man, I'm really excited about that forecast. I'll start with that. Yeah, that's... Uh, How lucky are we for this weekend looking that beautiful? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like it was meant to be, you know? I mean, you're going to get all these folks together, and there's going to be a lot of food trucks and a lot of fun for everybody entertainment, the whole nine yards. So this is the second annual, and uh, coming off the, the first annual, which... Uh, was was really great. I mean, I think the turnout was probably a lot bigger than you had originally anticipated. You had a lot of uh, cool things going on, some live entertainment. You had um, lots and lots of food trucks, but you're going to have even more. So tell us how uh, this second one is, is, is going to unfold and uh, what's going to be going on. Oh, this is so exciting. The good thing is we're going to try to do this twice a year. We're going to try to do this in April and October, kind of to kick off the season and then to wrap the season up. So like you said, our first one was this past October. We ended up having about, with we had a little bit less fortunate weather last time. So we only ended up having about nine food trucks and eight vendors show up. Ended up having about 1,500 guests come out to hang out with us, and almost everybody sold out that day. It was so much fun. The weather ended up being perfect. The bounce houses were hit. The live music went amazingly, and, of course, all the food was fantastic. Yes. So we're going to do it for two days this time. So we're going to do it this Saturday and Sunday. Both days are going to go from noon until 7 p.m. Same thing. We have a ton of food trucks. We have a ton of vendors some of our vendors are even food vendors. One of them is even specifically a sweets vendor, and she makes all of her own handmade sweets. So we've got everything from starting the meal to finishing it up. We're going to have some different drinks all over the place. We've got everything from name brand vendors like Sensi at Tupperware to we've got artists out there. We're going to have a spray paint artist, which is really neat. He's going to be making paintings and selling them there. We're going to have a do-it-yourself tie-dye booth for everybody to go hit up. Uh, we will continue to have the kids area over by the stage. We have the live music on the stage. We're going to have four acts this weekend, two each day. And right underneath that pavilion, we're going to have a couple of face painters. We've got a lovely young entrepreneur in the area who has started her own paint station where she buys cute little toys and figurines that kids can sit down and paint the figurines while they're eating their food, while they're getting their face painted, while they're listening to music. And we're going to have, of course, the bounce houses out there again this year. There's just going to be a wide array of things happening this week, and I'm so excited about it. You, uh, you know, you put something like this together, and you always hope for the best. Certainly, weather 
is a big factor when it uh, when it comes to an event like this. But when you sat down and uh, you know you were thinking about doing the first one, getting everybody together and uh, just you know bringing the community together because I, I saw everybody and their uncle at uh, at the first food truck festival there at uh, the Lori Hillbilly Fairgrounds, and it was such a great time and we got to sample some food and uh, gosh. You know, it, it's hard to not want to get something from everybody, and uh, I think I did that. I really do. I think I got a little something. From, <laughs> it's hard not to. It really everybody. is. There's such a crazy difference between all the trucks there. It's so awesome. And you know, um, being the operator or operators uh, of a food truck, you know, that's a, that's a pretty big gamble because you uh, you have to have a quality product because people, you know, I've seen some of the food trucks that uh, travel around the area. And uh, they set up shop, and they've got uh, a nice long line. And I'm thinking, well, that's uh, you know, that's a good food truck to uh, to check out. And now this time, the nice thing is, is they'll they'll all be in one spot like they were last year, and everybody can come and and sample what uh, uh, the folks have got going on. And uh, I notice it looks like you've got uh, uh, a bigger array of, of food trucks. Obviously, the word got out from uh, the last event. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, and and that and and of course, then uh, you get uh, uh, the local vendors and some local businesses, as you mentioned, some of the name brand products. Uh, uh, you get to uh, hear some music, and it's just a fun day. And you know, the folks in the uh, the city of Lori, they they've got to like that too, because uh, you know that brings some additional revenue in, maybe. You have to stop and get gas or uh, or whatever. You see someplace you want to stop and check out while you're in Lori. So it's kind of the, the nice uh, one-two punch, right? It's great. And the city of Lori has been so open to this idea. We've been working really close with Donna, who's the director of the park out there, and she was all about it. She put us in touch with Jim from the health department. He's all about making sure that everything is legal, we're going to be good to go, and the whole city seems very receptive to it. So we're very lucky to have that. Um, and also a lot of the food trucks that we're going to have are going to be, they're not driving that far to get there. Most of these people are born and bred Lake natives. We have some surrounding area food trucks coming to see us, but I think they're going to recognize a lot of those faces they see inside of those trucks. Yeah. And, uh, yours included in, in all of that as well, because you guys yes, will be sir. set up. So it's going to be on uh, Saturday and Sunday, this Saturday and Sunday, the 9th and 10th, noon until seven at the Lori Hillbilly Fairgrounds. But what I'm interested to know is, uh, obviously, you are involved with uh, a food truck. Uh, you guys kind of do a little bit more along the lines of, uh, of drinks and, and some other uh, uh, delicious Yes, sir. You have a, a, whole, a whole mess of, uh, of great products and, and, and things that you offer. Uh, well, thank a, you. Well, well thank you. And, and, and tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this in the first place, because I've, it's something that in the back of my brain, I thought, gosh, this is, this would be so cool, but you, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's, I absolutely encourage everybody who even has the slightest interest in food or beverage to do it. I have been in food and beverage for at least 20 years of my life. Um, the last at least dozen years I was involved in the bar scene. And so beverages have always been my thing. And part of overseeing the bars was overseeing the coffee shop. And I learned a lot more of the operation standpoint of the coffee shop. But, I mean, the best part about it is no matter what I put out, I am the one hand-making everything that leaves that window, and I can guarantee the quality. And you talked about the different experience of food trucks. That's the biggest part of food trucks. When you go to someone's food truck and you buy 
their special item, their special drink, their brand new ice cream they just made. You are getting something that they are proud of, that they have put their heart and soul into making for you, only for you to enjoy it, which is not something you're going to get sitting down at a box store corporate restaurant that has to stick to specs and only order certain ingredients. We have more control over what we serve to our guests, and we put a lot more pride in it, I believe. And it's so much fun, and it really is just the best place that I can think of for anybody who wants to own their own food or beverage that also doesn't want to be pinned down. That was our thing. We knew we wanted to own our own thing, but we also wanted to travel, and this is the best thing. We're involved in festivals and concerts and fairs and big celebrations and grand openings. I mean, it's always so much fun and excitement. And, and another aspect of this is is you mentioned earlier the the, the health director. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of regulations are you required to uh, maintain when it comes to uh, you know making sure that everything's clean, sanitary, and uh, nobody gets uh, sick or, or has any problems with what you serve? We're as I say, we're very strict on temperature and storage. Everything has to be labeled. Everything has to be dated. We visit with our own personal county health inspector at least once a year. Anytime we travel, we meet with that county's health inspector before we even open our doors. The cities are involved. The fire departments are involved. It's very strict, actually. I learned a lot. Like I said, I was in brick-and-mortar buildings for 20 years, and then I went over to my food truck, and I learned, oh, well, this is different. I mean, the size of the fire extinguisher, you have to have the temperature your water gets to, how far apart your sinks have to be. There's a lot to it. Uh, If you're cooking, you have to have a hood vent on your truck just like you would in a giant corporate kitchen, Mm -hmm. and it has to be maintained just as such. You know, there are very strict, if not more strict, regulations on a food truck than you're going to find inside of a building just because there's a lot more maintenance and upkeep to those things, and the turnover in your product is, is, you know, much more. Because you can't store as much, you know. Right, right, sure, and and so you have to be very careful about uh, how you handle things. So you know, cost is is huge. I would imagine when you're sitting down trying to figure out what you want to offer and uh, and how much it costs to uh, produce something, and then how much you actually charge for it. Because you know you're you're in this to provide a great product, but you're also in this to make a buck. You know, I mean that's just uh, it's it's fun, it's Correct. exciting, it's travel, but uh, you. Uh, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. Say, it's say. also your way of living. And yeah. I know a lot of truck owners are struggling, uh, of course, the last few years with availability. But this year, more so than anything, a lot of those prices got raised. I know our side personally, our case of cups that we order went up $20 per case just wow. in the last 12 months. Wow. I mean, so a lot of people are having to sit down and reconfigure what products they want to offer, um, what prices they want to charge. Do they want to have these specialty items regularly or do they just want to feature them occasionally? You know, so a lot of big decisions are being made. A lot of menus have changed for people I've seen. But they all want to make sure it works, so nothing is really going away that I've seen too much. Yeah. So um, how did you come up with the type of food truck uh, that, that, that you guys have as far as uh, did you do research? Did you uh, look at something and, and say, well, we, we're here, we have to fill a need? Or uh, what was that? Are you thinking more along lines of what we're selling or what we're selling it in? 
No, 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 no. The, the type of product that you provide, because you provide coffees and, and beverages and things yes, along sir. those lines. And, and so did you see it as maybe there was a need for something like that in the community, that everybody was doing one thing and you guys kind of wanted to go in a different direction? And then after you decided... So to be completely want, honest... Uh-huh. Our idea came from my husband feeling me. He's like, you are working so hard making them their money. Make your own. Make your own. Make your own money. And I've had him in the back of my head saying that for years now. And one day, as funny as this sounds, just scrolling through Facebook, I come across a meme. It says, imagine an ice cream truck, except it's for adults and it has coffee. And I related to that so hard. I go, oh, my God, that would be amazing. I would be so excited started doing some research coffee trucks were a thing and coffee trucks were everywhere and they were so neat just when you do the research you can look inside of other people's trucks and their setups and like i said i've been specializing in beverages for at least the last 20 years i'm sorry the last 12 years when i was a teenager in high school i was trained as a barista at panera i was very familiar with the art and then i learned oh my gosh i could take that and do it everywhere uh-huh. and let me tell you people love coffee and i love that we're even able to use <laughs> local products man right. we get <coughs> you know we get milk from the local stores we get our coffee beans that's the most important thing to me our coffee beans are not only amazing quality but they're roasted locally i can drive less than a half hour from my home and pick up fresh roasted coffee beans that were imported from all different parts of the world that are roasted by people who live here at the lake with us. Man, Firefly Valley Farms is located in Roach, Missouri. They are out of this world. I have not met anyone who has ever tried their coffee and they're like, eh, it's not for me. Everybody who's ever tried their coffee is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The flavor is amazing. It doesn't taste burnt. It's not bitter. Most people can drink it without the cream and sugar, even it's that good. And so you have to be proud of what you're selling. I am so proud of what we are selling. And they get such great reviews and great responses as well. You mentioned Firefly Valley Farms, um, and uh, Stephanie and and, and Dax, uh, you know, they were supporters of the uh, the radio station here. And as a matter of fact, uh, I just ran, I just finished off a pound of their espresso noir that uh, uh, we have here in the morning uh, at the uh, at the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors, and yeah. That's great that, you know, it, it means so much to incorporate a local flavor and a local feel into what it is that you're doing. And Absolutely. you got to be, you know what, we're not here to support the big names. We're here to support the little names so that they can become the big names. <laughs> we're, we're here to super success on our own home turf. That's awesome. That's great. And, 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 and again, you know, you decided that maybe coffee and some of the other beverages that you offer is the direction you wanted to go. How much time and effort and research did you put into this before you even got anywhere close to uh, uh, finding uh, what it is that you wanted to use to uh, go from place to place and, and, and spend dollar one? How, how, much, how much time and effort did you put into the research? Months, months. We, I mean, the very first, do we want to build our truck or do we want to buy our truck? And what kind of equipment do we want to use? And while, you know, before we decide on Daxel, what kind of product do we want to use? There's so much. And then you have to decide also, can I make a profit off of this? Is this something that I could take on there? Because there's more than just the overhead cost of your product. You have to consider what it's going to take to run that. Our trailers specifically, which you don't even find this in a lot of food operations, but we, no matter what, have to have a 200 power to our truck 
because of our espresso machine alone. So that incorporates us having to have a much larger either access to power with at least a 200 amp plug or our 9500 generator. I mean, mm-hmm. we have to have a lot of power. So you have to be able to plan that into it as well. Um, so there's a lot of overhead that goes in the trucks and you got to make sure you can make it worth it. And we found a way to make it worth it. Josh drove all the way to Florida to pick up our trailer for us and wow. bring it back to Missouri so we could make it our own. Uh, we actually use Ozark custom apparel out of, they're now at Lori and that's another locally owned business. Just a couple of girls who live here with their husbands and their kids made their own business and they do everything for us. They do our business cards. They do our t-shirts, our hats. They wrapped our entire trailer for us. So that's another way of keeping it local. So, I mean, we did, there was a lot of planning, but it's been so worth it. Do you get a lot if of If you pe- can't have fun doing what you're doing, do something else. Right. Do you get a lot of people that come up to you and, and ask a lot of questions and, and kind of want to be a little nosy uh, because they might be interested in, uh, in doing uh, what you're doing or something similar to what you're doing? And if so, uh, are you willing to, uh, to share that information? Are there any things, you know, sometimes they say, well, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. Uh, but then, you know, <laughs> we, we, we get past that, obviously. But I'm, I'm just saying, uh, is, is a lot of what you do like closely guarded secrets or are you willing to uh, share the information? Not with at all. No, I, I'm all, I'm an open book. You got to tell me to stop talking sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, people can ask me questions and as soon as they say, Hey, I'm interested in doing a food truck. I jump on that conversation. I am so excited. I always tell people, if you're going to do something, do it for yourself right. and do it great and be proud of it. And that's like, the, it, if they open that door, I'm walking right on it. Okay, let's talk about this. What kind of food do you want to do? Where do you want to do it at? Right. Do you want to be local? Do you want to be on the road? You know, and I absolutely, we started up last summer, actually, if people aren't following now, they probably should. Just check it out. It's the Lake of the Ozarks Food Trucks on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's an entire page we started. We're almost at 2,000 members right now. And we have people all the time hop on there. Hey, I'd like to offer my place of business as a place for food trucks. How do I do that? Hey, I'm looking for this type of equipment. Where might I find this? I need to rent this. And, you know, it's it's open mess. Not only is it a place for local food trucks to go and say, hey, I'm going to be here on this day from this time to this time, and here's my special. It's also for people to hop on there and say, hey, I'm looking for a food truck for my event. Who wants to do this? Right. Also, they can say, hey, I have a question about this. Who can help? And it's great the number of owners that hop on there just to offer information. It's such an open community. Everybody works together so well. I have yet to meet another truck owner that is bothered by somebody else being in their space. It's always amazing. Now, you talk about doing this from the standpoint, you know, if it's not fun, don't do it. But what is some – what is what, what what's uh, – uh, what's uh, some of the what are some of the do's and don'ts, or maybe uh, a, a little advice that you could give someone that uh, is considering getting involved with a food truck? Research, 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 research. Yeah. Do your price points. Figure out what your numbers are. I have in my time ran into food trucks that I thought, hey, man, that's a very simple menu. They're not offering but five things, uh-huh. but they figured out their costs on that, and they figured out, hey, these are really popular items, and I can make my entire living off of just selling these, you know, yeah, yeah. and they make that work. I've also seen trucks that have a menu that is too 
much. And I know even just from my experience that, hey, you're not going to be able to cook all of that, store all of that, keep it to temperature and sell it without wasting more than you spent. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just, I I see it go both ways. And so everybody's often, you know, communicating and helping. Um, It's a bit of a learning curve, man. This is only our second season. And I can tell you, we learned so much on our first season. Uh, Honestly, we, we learned with licensing right off the bat. Our first experience of going out of town to do a festival, we're like, okay, that's in this county. We called that county. We drove there on a completely separate day, paid them $150 for a 12-month license, got the inspection, went through all the hoops, got there that weekend. And then the person throwing the festival comes up to me and says, hey, health department will be here in 10 minutes to do the inspection if you need one. I go, oh, well, I went and you know got it done the other day. I thought I was right. good. They go, oh. Have you not been told about event licensing yet? <laughs> and that's what I learned. I could just usually show up to events. The health department will come around, look at my stuff. I'll pay him 10 bucks to be good for the event. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of yeah, fun right. this uh, this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, again, noon to 7 oh, Saturday. I'm so noon, excited. Noon to uh, uh, 7 on Sunday as well. Lori Hillbilly Fairgrounds, second lake of the Ozarks Food Truck Festival. And the goal is one in spring, one in fall. And uh, hopefully it uh, just continues to go uh, like gangbusters for you and everybody involved, local vendors. Uh, you've got uh, local artists that are going to be performing fun stuff for the kids. And uh, looking forward to seeing you and Josh and uh, everybody there this weekend. We're going to come out with Lake TV and uh, film it again like we did last year because uh, we're excited about oh, this. Oh, can't wait. I love that feature. We, uh, we want to promote it, and we want to uh, see this become uh, a regular event that draws more and more people year after year, more and more food trucks year after year, and just everybody having a good time out there at the Lori Hillbilly Fairgrounds. Ashley, I appreciate your time so much. I know you guys are busy. Uh, but we're looking forward to seeing you guys uh, and everybody again this Saturday and Sunday. It is going to be a big time, and, and thank you for your time. Katie, I appreciate you and your support so much. Hopefully your day is beautiful. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Looking forward to it. That is uh, Ashley Hayes, and, of course, uh, her and her husband, Josh, they've got that uh, great, uh, I believe it's called Barista Go food. Uh, it's not a, well, I guess maybe it is a food truck. It's uh, They serve coffees, and they serve uh, all kinds of great beverages. They'll be there along with a number of other folks, and uh, we hope to see you there as well. And as I mentioned, we're going to have Lake TV on hand to uh, record, uh, to film, to uh, do a segment, and we'll have that for you over there on uh, on what's burning right now here's what's burning it's information local information stacy johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source uncle chris chris schneider from lake tv lots going on in uh, college basketball last night and he's got it all taken care of he's going to tell you about it right here right now on the daily show on key radio business government religion family issues and more find it all right here on 89.3 K-E-Y-K, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, April 5th. It was a long, cold night for two kayakers who found themselves stranded on the Marine Max breakwater last weekend. The kayakers were rescued after two local homeowners happened to hear their cries for help. When the couple found the kayakers, it was past midnight, below 45 degrees, and they say the pair looked to be in rough shape. One was huddled on the rocks, the other was doing jumping jacks to try and stay warm. The couple called 911 and the two kayakers were off the rocks in a little over 30 minutes. 
a close call. Two people were seriously injured in a crash on Highway 5. 26-year-old Preston Jones Kleinfelter was driving when his vehicle ran into the back of another vehicle, driven by 35-year-old Fraquan Langriel. Jones Kleinfelter's car traveled off the left side of the road and hit a nearby building. The other vehicle drove off the road and overturned. Jones Kleinfelter and a passenger in the other vehicle both sustained serious injuries. They were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. It's election day in Missouri. Alderman, school board, and mayor, among others, are all up for election in cities and districts across the lake area. Municipal elections typically have low turnout, so you can find more information on what candidates are up for election in your area and where to vote at lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. The college basketball champion has been crowned. Turned out to be quite a game last night. North Carolina had won six national titles going in. Kansas had won three. The Jayhawks jumped out to a quick 7-0 start to the game. Carolina rallied back, scoring 16 unanswered points. They had a big 15-point lead at halftime, but Kansas came out strong in the second half, rallied from those 15 points down to take a lead and then pulled away in the final seconds for a 72-69 win. It was the biggest comeback in championship game history. Kansas getting the win. Uh, so they beat Carolina. It's Kansas' fourth national title, second for Coach Bill Self. KU now 4-6 and six in national championship games. By the way, there was a Missouri flavor in the uh, final last night. Caleb Love of North Carolina. Carolina played for Christian Brothers College High School in St. Louis. Dewan Harris Jr. played for Rockbridge, and they actually played against each other in the 2019 state championship game. That was won by Rockbridge by four points, and again, the same guy, Harris and Kansas, won it over Love and North Carolina last night. In the women's tournament final, number one North or South Carolina beat UConn for the women's national championship. The defending national champion was Stanford. They lost in the round of Final Four. St. Louis Blues with their second straight win. They beat the Coyotes 5-1 last night. They'll be home to the Kraken tomorrow. Golf's first major of the year starts Thursday. That, of course, would be the Masters. Some softball tonight. The Mizzou Lady Tigers 22-13 will be at home against Kansas City tonight. And the final game of spring training for the Cardinals. They take on the 
Marlins before heading home for the home opener on Thursday. The Royals, they take on the Brewers today in Arizona. Then they break camp, and they will open the season at home against the Guardians on Thursday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. That's right. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. He was a radio star. Now he's a TV star. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour. He's hilarious almost every hour. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90. Absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Programming on Key Radio made possible through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about the very incredible and popular wall art you'll find at Victoria Station. We've always been known for our wall art. Um, we have a large selection of both metal art and framed art canvas prints in traditional and in uh, the nautical themes. And so we're a destination for wall art. We're also known for a large variety of lamps. We like cool, unique lamps that'll give give lighting in your living area, not just a utility lampshade there that's producing light, but to add the decorative features to that. Um, we are going to feature a section in the store of American-made products. Some of those are locally sourced and some of those from the Midwest, and we're, we're really excited to be able to do that. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit, and the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 930 to 530. to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. It's 9.09, back with hour number two of The Daily Show, and we are so glad to have you with us today. Kind of uh, a, a rainy start. We are up to 56 degrees here in beautiful downtown Osage Beach, broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors, where we are uh, set to talk with our uh, good friend, Mr. Dan Wass, the author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series, and we'll do that for you after we take care of a little business, uh, everybody's wondering about the weather. Well, goodness gracious, uh, as uh, we uh, get through the morning, the weather continues to improve. But certainly, uh, temperature-wise, 74 the expected high now today. And some morning showers, otherwise partly cloudy. Then thunderstorms this evening, followed by occasional showers overnight, a low of 45. 
We'll hit a high of 63 tomorrow with plenty of sunshine, 53 with a partly cloudy sky on Thursday, 46 and clouds on Friday. But uh, we get ready for the big food truck festival this Saturday and Sunday. Again, thank you so much to Ashley Hayes for spending some time with us to talk about it. Uh, sunny and 60 on Saturday, partly cloudy and 79 on Sunday, clouds and 78 on Monday, scattered thunderstorms possible on Tuesday with a high of 74. And by the middle of next week, again, some scattered thunderstorms possible on Wednesday, a high of 68 degrees. We are at 56 degrees. What in the world is shaking over there at Bagnell Dam? Well, we hope nothing is shaken. Uh, but as of right now, the lake level at 655.29 and the river level at 563.67. Discharge rate again, relatively high this hour as they uh, make way for all of the uh, spring rain. And we're certainly getting our fair share of it. Uh, hopefully we're not anticipating any more cold, cold weather where we mix the precipitation with the cold weather and you get the, the kind of undesirable weather uh, that we've, uh, I guess for the most part, had our fill of here at the Lake of the Ozarks. We're ready for spring. We're ready for summer. We're ready for the season to get rolling. And uh, it is definitely doing that. Right now, uh, again, we encourage you to get out on this election day and vote. There are a lot of different uh, uh, folks that are running for a lot of different offices, whether it's uh, the mayoral race in, let's say, Osage Beach, the Board of Aldermen race in uh, Camdenton, Lake Ozark, and, of course, school board. That's uh, a big one with the two that we've uh, had the opportunity to be a part of with candidate forums for the School of the Osage as well as Camdenton. We wish all the candidates uh, the best of luck, and now it is up to us to go out and uh, make our voices heard, and that does include uh, some things like, well, the use tax, which is uh, on the ballot for about three or four, uh, five cities. I know, uh, I think Village of Four Seasons is looking at one, Richland is looking at one, Versailles is looking at one, and the nice thing is, is you, the... uh, competent, capable, educated voter who's done your research, right? Yeah, you're out there leading the charge and uh, voting for what you think is a good idea or maybe what you think uh, is a bad idea. I don't know. It's all in how you want to do it, but uh, any way you look at it, just get out and do it. 9.13 is our time. Let's bring him on. He's uh, waiting patiently to come on and tell you more about uh, how he feels about the Second Amendment, how he feels about uh, firearms, how he feels that the uh, government uh, may be overreaching just a little bit when it comes to firearms. That is our good friend, the one, the only author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series, Mr. Dan Wast, who is uh, joining us this morning here on Key Radio and The Daily Show. Dan, great to have you back. How you been? Well, KB, thanks so much for having me. You know, I, I, I don't always say it, but I really appreciate you, you know, helping us, the uh, Second Amendment uh, folks, get our voice heard. And so just so, just so you know, I really do appreciate being on the show. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, there's some stuff in the news, uh, Second Amendment related, that maybe we should talk about. Sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, w- wherever you want to start. Uh, your, uh, your press release here. And and it's kind of interesting. You ask the question, did NBC and the Pennsylvania AG's office commit gun crimes while attempting to do a hit piece on ghost guns? Before we get into this, uh, for people who don't know, Dan, explain what a ghost gun is or ghost guns. All right, well, ghost gun is really just a nomenclature, uh, uh, just a term that they use 
to scare people about this new category of scary guns that they've created. Ghost gun is, um, when they refer to the term ghost gun, they're talking about guns that can't be traced. In other words, they don't have serial numbers, they're homemade sometimes, or the serial numbers have been taken off, they've been removed, they've been stolen in, in, in you know, robberies, or whatever. It's firearms that can't be traced. So the term ghost gun enters the narrative to scare people and imply that all guns should be uh, trackable and traceable. I completely disagree. I think it's, it's absurd to even think for a minute that our guns should be traced and tracked by the government. The reason for the Second Amendment was the exact opposite. It was none of the government's damn business. But we we're in a time now where the narrative is so thick around this stuff that people actually believe that these guns should be traceable. Okay, so putting that aside, that's what a ghost gun, so-called ghost gun, is. Um, the the Pennsylvania's AG office may have committed uh, <laughs> committed multiple felonies along with a guy named Vaughn Hilliard from NBC. He's an NBC news reporter. Um, they went in to uh, to a gun show and they were trying to do a hit piece on um, on Jordan Vinro. He's the owner of JSD Supplies, where they. Uh, Jordan sells the parts so you can make your own firearm. Uh, so what they did is they tried going in there, make doing a hit piece to to try to vilify Jordan and the whole and and perpetuate the whole ghost gun narrative. Well, in the process, uh, Vaughn Hilliard from NBC purchases the parts, trans transfers them to. The Pennsylvania AG office, mm -hmm. which is which is illegal right there, you're supposed to go through a, a, an FFL, a licensed uh, firearms dealer, but he didn't do that. Then the uh, the AG's office, a couple of the guys over there built the the firearm out of the parts that Vaughn Hilliard purchased, and then which is which is also illegal. You're not supposed to build for for someone else. And then they transferred the firearm completed back to Vaughn Hilliard, which is another felony, Whoops. according to Pennsylvania. And uh, so there's three felonies right there. And then um, we think that one or more of the NBC reporters were from out of state, which is another felony. So, <laughs> and then they shot the, the completed firearm. All they committed all these potential crimes yes. just so they could do a hit piece. Um, so we reported on it. Amelan News reported on it. And um, we've got a bunch of people now who are very uh, concerned, not concerned, but, but want to have these people held accountable. Because now let me just make this one point. We, we disagree with these laws, first of all. We think they're unconstitutional. But that doesn't mean that the people who support them can break them. And that's exactly what it looks like Vaughn Hilliard and the AG's office of Pennsylvania did. So in trying to uh, get an anti-gun message out to uh, the people in general, uh, they found themselves in the situation where uh, they were going to do anything, I guess, necessary in order to make the peace, uh, in, in their opinions, 
I guess at this point, make the piece, you know, look as though it was legitimate, but they had uh, they some they had committed some crimes in the process, and so this more or less kind of puts things into perspective for me that these folks feel as though they're above the law. And regardless of what it is that they're trying to prove, whatever point it is that they're trying to make, it's okay for them to break the law and up to this point, it seems like, get away with it because you know what will happen, as is normally the case. Kind of like uh, another group of folks that got involved in uh, uh, you know, the uh, United States Attorney General uh, back uh, a ways who was doing some things with guns and, and uh, you know, they fall into the wrong hands, and then they get uh, brought back into the United States. And Eric Holder, I believe, was his name. Uh, and and we went through a whole process there, and and nobody ever really got in any trouble. Maybe a slap on the wrist here or there, or somebody was thrown under the bus. And this is more or less, I guess, uh, along the same lines, Dan, where nobody I, I, is really going to pay for anything, uh, uh, or, or or maybe they will. I don't know. Uh, we don't know the outcome of this uh, at this particular point. But again, in doing what these folks were doing, uh, they basically tossed the rule book out the window. Well, yeah, it, it sure looks like that, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to accuse, uh, but this is what it appears to be. So I have to be very careful because, right. um, you know, I just want to be careful how I word this stuff. But it looks to me, and it looks to a lot of people, like the AG's office acted as if they were above the law, like you said, uh, by taking these parts, taking them on transfer without an FFL, re- uh, building the gun. Sharing tools, which is also another thing uh, that came into play, handing the the completed thing back, transferring it back, the uh, and and so I think that they might think that they're above the law, um, and then you know as far as Vaughn Hilliard from from NBC, I think he was just thinking that he was being a good little puppy and doing <laughs> what his anti-gun folks over at the news channel wanted him to do. I really don't think this guy. Um, really put a heck of a lot of thought into it other than look at me I'm a good little anti-gun liberal and um, so so but in the process you know it's these guys who are creating and pushing these policies and and trying to encourage people to vote for more gun control and then they go out and they violate the very laws that they put into place. And again, I want to say, we think that these laws are unconstitutional to begin with, but it doesn't give them the right to violate them and think that they're above the law. Well, it would seem to me, though, before you even do something like this, that you would have to sit down and you would have to do some sort of research. And again, you would have to have maybe some sort of a consultant that knows the law and would say, uh, what you're doing there is wrong. What you're doing there is against the law. Oops, you've broken another law. And, you know, we talk about all the laws that are on the books, and maybe to uh, some degree too many laws on the books when it comes to firearms because they're so worried that, you know, we're too stupid to uh, be able to own and operate and store and educate and uh, go out to the range and get the practice necessary to utilize the firearm. That, you know, I would say, first and foremost, before you even do anything, you sit down with somebody, anybody. I mean, uh, this would be the one time I think you would want somebody who is pro-Second Amendment, pro-firearms, 
and sit down and kind of pick their brain a little bit and say, well, this is what we intend to do, and this is how we're going to do it. Can you examine what it is we're going to do? Help us out here so we don't cross any lines, so we don't break any laws. So indeed, Dan, if this is true and laws were broken, uh, it would be interesting to uh, to kind of sit back and, and, and see the fallout from all of this, if indeed there is any fallout, because... I would imagine since this is a government agency, we're talking about the attorney general's office in Pennsylvania, that, you know, they will probably try to deflect anything and say, you know, we were just trying to prove a point and uh, we're showing you this and that and no laws were meant to be broken and no animals were harmed in the filming of this and so on and so forth. And you, you know what I'm saying. Well, I do know what you're saying, but w- one thing that's happened is these uh, anti-gun types have become so toxic to 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 gun owners, to pro gunners, to to pro Second Amendment people, that we uh, I don't know anyone would want to aid them in in helping them with their hit piece. That's that's where one little wrinkle comes in. Um, they are just a toxic bunch that we want nothing to do with because right. we know their intentions are no good. Yeah. So 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 yeah, you would think that they'd go out and they'd seek out a little bit of assistance. Now they actually did. Uh, they. It looks like they did a little bit of research because in the beginning, well, I don't the in in the the hidden footage that they that they took, they did show uh, Vaughn Hilliard and one of another representative from NBC online buying parts just to show how easy it was to right. buy parts online, right. and they made the point that this guy who was with Vaughn Hilliard from NBC was able to purchase because he lived in that state. So, so they had a little bit of knowledge. They knew that they needed to have somebody in the state purchasing online. But when they went in to do the hit piece, they, it seems that they committed a whole bunch of other felonies with respect to transferring uh, without an FFL and, and, and all that other stuff that I, that I talked about. So, so they did a little bit of research to try to cover themselves. Right. But uh, when, it really, when it really mattered, they, they failed miserably. You talk about the anti-gunners being toxic, and that is very true. And would anyone be, be be willing to step up and help them? Well, you know, as they say, money talks and BS walks, so I would imagine there's somebody out there for the right price yeah. would uh, would sit down and, and act as a consultant for them. And, and, and sometimes, you know, we talk about uh, conservatives versus liberals, Democrats versus... Uh, Republicans and independents and everything else. But, you know, I, I think you have a really good group of people, regardless of their political affiliation, that enjoy firearms for one reason or another. As a matter of fact, we were uh, I was interviewing a gentleman yesterday. His name is Skip Klinger, and Skip is the manager at the uh, Missouri Trap Shooters uh, Association, the MTA Gl- Gun Club, which is not far from where we are right now. It is, uh, from what I understand, like the second largest uh, gun club in the uh, in the world or in the country or something along those lines, but they do a lot of trap shooting out there, and they do a lot of things with youth, with young kids. And uh, you know, I-, I told him, I said that is so inspiring because this is exactly who we want to understand what the Second Amendment is all about, so that it doesn't fall between the cracks, so that you don't get generations of people that essentially just look the other way or don't want anything to do with firearms and say, you know what, any anybody who owns a firearm is a bad person. Well, we know that 
is not true. So I think collectively, you know, you look at somebody's politics, sure. Uh, I think the people that we truly have to worry about are the people that are elected officials that are in there that to have the opportunity to make a real change as far as firearms are concerned and the way people get to uh, to use them for one reason or another. If it's uh, for sporting, if it's for uh, self-defense, you know, whatever the case. And, and, and these are the people that we really, really have to watch very closely. We talked about the Second Amendment Preservation Act here uh, in the state of Missouri and how it is getting blowback from the feds as far as the federal government suing the state of Missouri uh, and, and yes. trying to keep our local law enforcement out of... Uh, out of the uh, out of the uh, circle, I guess, if you will, uh, if the ATF comes in, that the local law enforcement uh, is is not supposed to assist the ATF, and that's something I want to talk about here in a little bit. But back to what we were talking about with this uh, this incident with the Pennsylvania AG's office, you would have to think, you know, again, regardless of of, of the outcome that these people would sit down and take the time to look at this, to do the research, to investigate, you know, what it is they're doing. And whatever point that they're trying to make, make it in such a way that is legal and above the table so that, you know, if there are any questions or any issues, that they're easily answered and they can say, well, no, we didn't do this or no, we didn't break this law. But, uh, again, it just goes back to the fact that there are so many laws on the books regarding firearms it's it's ridiculous and and how we're starting to see this um really have an impact on uh, you know people's ability to to build their own firearm and 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 what's so darn wrong with that well there's nothing wrong with that it's actually the way it was intended you know the it's none of the government's business who has guns exactly. where they're located and all that stuff um but you bring you bring up a good point about the people who just go ahead and do this stuff um, you know, I think they've become the anti-gun crowd, and leftists, leftists in general have become very emboldened because right. they realize that they don't get in a lot of trouble. And within the gun world, we see this all the time, and we saw it really, oh, I don't know, five to ten years ago when, when, uh, when swatting started. I don't know if people remember swatting. was when people would just turn in gun owners, and, and they would say, let the cops sort it out. You see a gun in public, you turn the person in. And it was kind of this reven- this vengeful way of attacking gun owners because they knew they couldn't get in trouble for just turning in someone if they if they played stupid and said, "Well, I didn't know," you know. So the cops would show up and um, they would confront the person with the gun, and because because the anti-gunner would have already told the police that that this guy would look like a potential danger. So now you're, they create these situations just to try to punish gun owners, uh, and they know they couldn't get in trouble for it. It was called swatting, and it turned into red flag laws, which is actually now legislation. Yes. So, so, so swatting was a very important thing, and, and, and we didn't pay enough attention to it. Um, it, it. People should have been prosecuted for, for falsely accusing others of being a danger with firearms when, you know, they weren't. So anyway, it put a lot of people in danger, and the people end up dying because of it too, in confrontations and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, but they they feel like they're emboldened now uh, because they're in their little bubble, their left wing bubble, and um, they they don't get held accountable. So yeah. so I don't know, KB, but you know I'd like to see some of them getting held accountable. 
we'll definitely see how it all plays out. Uh, we're at the bottom of the hour, Dan. We need to step aside for a quick information break, and then we will come back and talk more with Dan Wass. In particular, Dan, um, firearms manufacturers, ammunition makers, and uh, the potential for these folks to have to endure lawsuits. Uh, and, and I mean lawsuits that are brought by maybe uh, someone uh, someone's family who was, uh, you know, killed in an incident involving a firearm. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, if if you're in a position to talk about that. I'm, I'm kind of sure you probably are. But uh, we'll talk about that on the other side of this uh, information break at the bottom of the hour. Uh, here we got it for you now with uh, Stacy Johnson. She has uh, local news with uh, lakeexpo.com, your trusted news source. Also, Chris Schneider from Lake TV. Talking sports, man. College basketball wrapping up, but the Major League Baseball season getting ready to uh, take off, get underway. And, uh, you know, kind of an interesting scenario. I know a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouth regarding this uh, this lockout, and I don't know how that's going to affect Major League Baseball, much like uh, people were upset with uh, players uh, in uh, the NFL taking a knee, said they never watch football again. I wonder if any people are feeling that way about uh, Major League Baseball. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals have got kind of an interesting thing going on. You got Yadi Molina, you got Albert Pujols, and uh, boy, kind of a, a storybook setting as the Cardinals get ready to get underway with the new season. We've got it all for you now, and more with Dan Wass coming up on The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Tuesday, April 5th. It was a long, cold night for two kayakers who found themselves stranded on the Marine Max breakwater last weekend. The kayakers were rescued after two local homeowners happened to hear their cries for help. When the couple found the kayakers, it was past midnight, below 45 degrees, and they say the pair looked to be in rough shape. One was huddled on the rocks, the other was doing jumping jacks to try and stay warm. The couple called 911 and the two kayakers were off the rocks in a little over 30 minutes. A close call. Two people were seriously injured in a crash on Highway 5. 26-year-old Preston Jones Kleinfelter was driving when his vehicle ran into the back of another vehicle, driven by 35-year-old Fraquan Langriel. Jones Kleinfelter's car traveled off the left side of the road and hit a nearby building. The other vehicle drove off the road and overturned. Jones Kleinfelter and a passenger in the other vehicle both sustained serious injuries. They were transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. It's Election Day in Missouri. Alderman, school board, and mayor, among others, are all up for election in cities and districts across the lake area. Municipal elections typically have low turnout, so you can find more information on what candidates are up for election in your area and where to vote at lakeexpo.com. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock. 
serving the entire lake area. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. The college basketball champion has been crowned. Turned out to be quite a game last night. North Carolina had won six national titles going in. Kansas had won three. The Jayhawks jumped out to a quick 7 to nothing start to the game. Carolina rallied back, scoring 16 unanswered points. They had a big 15-point lead at halftime, but Kansas came out strong in the second half, rallied from the those 15 points down to take a lead and then pulled away in the final seconds for a 72-69 win. It was the biggest comeback in championship game history. Kansas getting the win. Uh, so they beat Carolina. It's Kansas' fourth national title, second for Coach Bill Self. KU now 4-6 and six in national championship games. By the way, there was a Missouri flavor in the uh, final last night. Caleb Love of North Carolina played Played for Christian Brothers College High School in St. Louis. Dewan Harris Jr. played for Rockbridge, and they actually played against each other in the 2019 state championship game. That was won by Rockbridge by four points. And again, the same guy, Harris and Kansas, won it over Love and North Carolina last night. In the women's tournament final, number one North or South Carolina beat UConn for the women's national championship. The defense national champion was Stanford. They lost in the round of Final Four. St. Louis Blues with their second straight win. They beat the Coyotes 5-1 last night. They'll be home to the Kraken tomorrow. Golf's first major of the year starts Thursday. That, of course, would be the Masters. Some softball tonight. The Mizzou Lady Tigers, 22-13, and 13, will be at home against Kansas City tonight. And the final game of spring training for the Cardinals. They take on the Marlins before for heading home for the home opener on Thursday. The Royals, they take on the Brewers today in Arizona. Then they break camp, and they will open the season at home against the Guardians on Thursday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. That's right. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. He was a radio star. Now he's a TV star. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour. He's hilarious almost every hour. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90. Absolutely free on Roku. Just do a search for Lake TV. And streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Tuesday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV's your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozark shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. There is a battle raging for the hearts and minds of our children, a battle to erase Christian values and constitutional principles. Concerned Women for America of Missouri invites you to their state conference April 9th in Springfield to hear leaders and experts speak on important issues including critical race theory, transgenderism, and election integrity. 
you'll leave inspired and equipped. The night before, CWA will hold their pastor-to-pastor dinner, leading in today's culture. Learn what churches can legally do to bring biblical values to all areas of influence and lead your congregation in these difficult times. There's no cost to pastors. RSVP on Eventbrite. For information, visit the CWA of Missouri Facebook events page. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. Hey, it's 938. Welcome back to The Daily Show. Great to have you with us, and great to have an opportunity to enjoy another beautiful day at the lake. It is Election Day, and we encourage you to get out and vote. Do it. Because you can't, well, I always say you can't complain, but you can. But if somebody turns around and says, well, did you vote? And you say no, I'm like, ah, okay, get on down the road. 939 and 56 degrees here in beautiful downtown Osage Beach, Missouri, broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Looking for a high today of, uh, well, last time I checked, they said 74. Let's update it and see if it's changed at all. Uh, They've dropped a degree. Now uh, 73. Still a chance for some morning showers, a mix of clouds and sun throughout the rest of the day. Looks like uh, at this point tonight, showers with a possible thunderstorm early. Then uh, some clouds, still a chance of showers overnight, the low of 44 degrees. Uh, Tomorrow we'll have uh, plenty of sunshine, 63 the high, partly cloudy and 53 on Thursday, 45 with clouds on Friday, sunny and 60 on Saturday, partly cloudy, 79 on Sunday. Uh, Some clouds on Monday with a high of 77, 74 with scattered showers on uh, Tuesday. Make that scattered thunderstorms. Scattered thunderstorms possible in 68 on Wednesday. So not a whole lot to uh, really concern yourselves with. Uh, There is always that possibility of uh, severe weather with any system that moves through. You know how it is here in the state of Missouri. It all kicks up uh, whenever it wants. Uh, So do be prepared. Have a plan in place and make sure that if uh, severe weather hits that you and your family members know what to do, where to go, who to contact, and, uh, of course, uh, have those items necessary if, uh, indeed, you find yourself in a situation where there's no power, including, friends, remember this, you know, oh, we've got a can of this. Well, how do you plan on opening it? Oh, the can opener, of course. Uh, You have a manual can opener? Uh, Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. Make sure you have a manual can opener. Uh, Other things to uh, keep in mind, medicine, uh, any prescription uh, medication that you might need, uh, diapers for the baby, dog food, uh, cat food, what have you. 941 is our time. Let's get back to our conversation with Dan Wass. And let me make sure that I uh, introduce him properly. Dan is a nationally recognized Second Amendment advocate, commentator, author of the Good Gun, Bad Guy series, and a and a radio show host as well, series, uh, or rather host of uh, the program The Loaded Mike, which is a great name for the program. I don't know if he thought of that uh, one himself. He also gets a nice uh, gets a nice endorsement from somebody you've probably heard of. Just a word to the wise who seek to be wiser. Dan Wass truly gets it, and his book Good Gun, Bad Guy 2 should be required reading for all freedom lovers and Second Amendment warriors. Uh, it says, great stuff, and that was a quote from the uh, one and only Motor City Madman, Reddy Teddy, 
Uh, he's got a lot of different names that he goes by, but we know him uh, as Ted Nugent, and he's performed here at uh, Ozarks Amphitheater a couple of times. Had the chance to interview Ted Nugent myself, and boy, uh, Dan, once you get Ted Nugent going, uh, that's a uh, that's a lot of fun to listen to him because he boy he just he is just so animated when <laughs> when he talks. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to interview him or not. Oh, he de- he definitely is. You know, I gotta say, I I, I gotta be probably the luckiest guy on the planet. I mean, I get to enjoy all this this stuff. I get to talk about things that I love and that I'm passionate about, and uh, then to get an endorsement uh, from the one and only Ted Nugent. That and you know what's funny about that whole endorsement? He did that like a year prior, and I never even knew yeah. um, that he had done that endorsement online. I just happened to be online searching for something, and, and it came up, and I was like, holy crap, Ted Nugent endorsed my book. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And um, um, so anyway, so just, just a real honor, and, sure, and his, uh, his, his assistant is, is very, she's very helpful, too, and, and she's just really nice. And so good people, you know, the whole Second Amendment kind of community, for lack of better word, um, just some of the nicest, most respectful and responsible people that I've ever met, to tell right, you the truth. Right. Well, you know, it's uh, it's great to get those endorsements. It's great to have people behind you. And I'm wondering if uh, the manufacturers of firearms and ammunition have people behind them because we, we know that there was uh, something in place to protect them uh, a while back, and I think it was uh, being talked about being removed or it has been removed. And that is the ability for people to file lawsuits against the makers of firearms, the makers of ammunition, in an instance where a gun, a firearm, is used in uh, in such a way to harm someone. Uh, if that means uh, being shot and injured, if it means being shot and killed, uh, you know, and, and it makes about as much sense as suing uh, the maker of bricks because somebody picked up a brick and hit somebody in the head with it and injured them or killed them. Uh, that makes as much sense as uh, the car manufacturers being held uh, responsible for somebody uh, getting in a vehicle and deciding to run somebody down or run uh, a bunch of people down. And I, I wonder at this particular point, uh, is this becoming an issue? Is this becoming a problem? Are these uh, manufacturers of firearms and ammunition finding themselves in situations that uh, could potentially uh, cause a lot of problems and cost a lot of money? Well, what you're talking about there, KB, is is called the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. It Mm -hmm. was passed um, in in 05 and signed into law by George W. Bush. And what it did was it protected firearms manufacturers from lawsuits because – just like you mentioned, you know, you, you just if you were in a car accident, even if you were drinking and driving and you killed someone, the the manufacturer of the car of the car, shouldn't be responsible. It just doesn't make any logical sense to hold the manufacturers accountable because otherwise you wouldn't have auto manufacturers anymore. They would they would not do business in this country if they were liable for every you know, accident that happens. So, and which is, which is exactly my point. The reason the anti-gun crowd and some of these Democrat legislators, legislators want this is for that exact purpose. They want to run the gun manufacturers out of business by, by way of 
fear, just get them out of the country so they stop manufacturing because they're afraid of being sued, or by literal lawsuits that people would put down on these gun manufacturers to, to, to harm them financially and, you know, and, and just kill them financially. So, but luckily, since 05, we've had the uh, Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. It protects gun manufacturers from this type of frivolous lawsuit. And um, Democrats are always trying to attack it. They don't want it because they understand that if they can get rid of this, they can, they can hurt the manufacturers. And if they can continue on with the ghost gun stuff, they can get their universal background checks, which ultimately would be a gun registry. And if they have their gun registry and they still haven't quite done, gotten the manufacturers out of the way, they can still get them with confiscations through red flag laws, which are gun confiscations without due process for the gun owner, based primarily on accusations. Anybody can accuse you of being a, a risk to society, a mental, you have mental issues. or <clears throat> So it's, a, it's kind of a three-prong process that the gun grabbers are trying to do. They want to run the manufacturers out of business. They want to create a gun registry because before you can enact red flag laws, you need to know where the guns are. And that's what the ghost gun thing comes in. That's, how, that's why they want the universal background check so badly, because ultimately it's a gun registry. Um, so so that's, that's their game. We understand their game. We know where they're going with it, and we're fighting them every step of the way. Well, we hope that uh, you continue to fight the good fight and that uh, people need to get behind them. Because, again, you hear about an issue involving a firearm, and um, it, it's always made to seem as though that, uh, you know, firearms uh, are, are evil. Firearms are bad. People who have firearms, for whatever reason, well, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're people that uh, uh, might be considered a threat, uh, a domestic terrorist of some sort. Where in, in reality, most of the people that you know that have a firearm are law-abiding citizens, Maybe they have a firearm, as, as I said earlier, for a sporting. Maybe they have a firearm for uh, personal uh, protection and the protection of themselves and their families. And so, you know, we, we dance to the tune of the government, uh, as unfortunate as that may be, um, but they do it. And we do it because we're law-abiding citizens. We choose to own a firearm. We choose to educate ourselves. We choose to train. We choose to talk to other like-minded people. We choose to uh, talk to people who may be interested in firearms. And we ask that you know you follow the rules and that you uh, get the education necessary and you take the steps uh, to, uh, to, to have a firearm in your home or firearms in your home and, and do everything necessary to uh, make sure that you're uh, staying within the uh, uh, staying within the boundaries that that uh, have been set for us. Now, we know that criminals, on the other hand, they could care less about any of that. They have absolutely no desire to follow the rules. They're uh, probably going to break the law, and that's why they have a firearm because they mean to do harm to someone. Whether it's uh, brandishing a firearm in order to uh, uh, to rob someone, uh, a home invasion, um, you know, whatever the case may be, they go into a store and they. Uh, rob the owner, and they don't care about anything or anyone except their own personal gain, 
which uh, who knows what 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 that is and, and and what it's for could be drugs it could be just to you know have money in their pocket whatever the case so when we look at all of this and we think about it and we look at these uh, manufacturers of firearms and the manufacturers of ammunition and we say how in the world can these people be held responsible for uh, the stupidity uh, that is caused and created by other people it it, it just it, it really strengthens the need for people to pay attention to this because they are pointing out and picking on a, a particular industry because we know as we've sat here and stated Dan that car makers don't have to accept the responsibility for, as you mentioned, someone who's drinking and driving and uh, is involved in an automobile accident uh, hurting or killing someone. You know, if we look at every little thing, I could look at what's going on in this room. I could take this pen that I have and I could jam it in somebody's eye if I didn't like them. And is the uh, maker of the pen going to be held responsible? Of course not. I could take uh, uh, this wire that I've got here and put it around somebody's throat and choke them with it. Is the person who manufactured this uh, wire and or this mic cord going to be held responsible, the company? Of course not. So it really puts into perspective what is going on in this country in this day and age and how the Second Amendment is being uh, poked at and poked at and poked at. And the thing about it is, is we, you may not gain a victory, and we see this, especially here I could use like the legislative session in the state of Missouri. Somebody brings something to the table, and they you know, get it introduced, and then it goes to committee, but it fails to get the necessary amounts of votes to get on the governor's desk. Uh, or it just gets uh, brushed to the side. But year after year, they keep going, and they keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away until finally it gains the kind of momentum that they're hoping for. And maybe then it makes it into committee, and it makes it uh, to a vote of the House and Senate, and it ends up on the governor's desk, and the governor signs it into, uh, into law. And so I hope that people are taking the opportunity here, and especially with things like red flag laws and what we're talking about with these manufacturers, and, and looks at this seriously in the sense that, you know, people are, are, are out there with the uh, full intent of taking firearms and people's rights to own them away, and, and they're doing it every day on every level, local, state, federal government. And uh, we need to be watching and keeping an eye open, and we need to be working collectively as a group to make sure that we don't lose our rights. Yeah, no, no you're absolutely right. Everything you said there, I completely agree with. And the, the, the big problem, I think, what's happening here is that it's a, it's a narrative that influences people who don't know any better to support these politicians, to vote for these politicians who promise them so-called safety. Um, you know, because the media, well, here's an example. The media will, will only report 10 de defensive gun use stories to every 3,000 anti-gun stories that they put on the news. That's a, that's a 1 to 300 ratio right. where, oh, yeah, and, and here's, here's the interesting thing about this. So, the, so they're reporting 3,000, you know, gun-related you know, crimes on the news for every 10 times someone defends themselves with a gun. So, so it's, a, it's a real imbalance of how they're reporting the news. But here's the interesting part. For every one gun-related death, there are 174 defensive gun uses. Uh -huh. So the actual truth is the, is, the, is the flip. It's an exact opposite. 
I'll say those numbers one more time. I know radio's tough to, to grab the, grab the numbers. Ten defensive gun news stories on the news for every three thousand gun related crime stories. Mm-hmm. But the real truth is, for every one gun related death, there are one hundred seventy four defensive gun uses. And that doesn't necessarily mean people, good guys killing bad guys. Most often just means the mere presence of a gun stops the bad guy. And those statistics should concern everyone. And when you look at exactly what it is we've been talking about here for about the last hour or so, uh, it, it, it's very evident. And the fact is, is that there are groups and organizations that are working at a fever pitch to take the firearms and the rights of those who own them away. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, again, you can point to one particular group uh, of people, but I think in all of these groups there are law-abiding gun owners. And I think that these people, you know, they, they, they cherish the ability to be able to go and do what they want to do. If it's go to the gun range and practice, if it's go out and, and uh, hunt deer or turkey or whatever, uh, and, and of course, the biggest one, I, in my opinion, anyway, would be uh, having a firearm for self-defense purposes. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's right out there in front of us, and and I don't understand why more people aren't paying attention to this and recognizing the fact that, hey, you know, it's like anything else. You know, if we have rights and we're willing to exercise those rights and do it properly, then. Leave us alone. We're not bothering anybody. I'm not advocating for people who don't want firearms or don't like firearms to be around them or, or advocating for someone to go out and buy a firearm or you have to have a firearm or you're, uh, you're just, you know, a sitting duck or, a, you know, a moving target or whatever you want to call it. I think that, you know, there are a lot of things in life that uh, people should be able to do and should be able to do free of all of the, <clears throat> and I'll say because this is the only way I can say it, uh, the BS that is being created by a group of people that uh, that don't really understand the the full what do you want to say the full uh, extent of the situation when it comes to firearms and uh, and people who own them. Yeah, and I think there are a lot of people who just don't understand. You know, they they just don't get it. They're scared of guns because they've been conditioned and and they've been taught to fear guns. Uh, just by watching the news. All you got to do is watch the news. And, and any time a gun-related story comes up, you know, it's scaring the people who don't know any better. So, of course, they're living in fear, and that's exactly part of the, part of the process. Make people scared, and they will vote for the politician who promises them safety. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple concept. And uh, so, so there are a lot of people like that. They're, they're just they're just not paying attention. They're ignorant. They're uh, some of them are just stupid. I don't know, but they're just not paying attention to what's really going on. But then you have another whole group of people who know exactly what they're doing. They're very deceitful. They don't want lawful Americans to have guns, so they do everything they can. Look at Governor Hochul, for instance. Mm-hmm. This 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 so-called governor who was who was positioned into this the governor's seat without even getting a single vote. And what she's doing now is she's creating a, a, a trying to create a government task force with so, some surrounding states um, for, for a gun, the so-called gun violence, you know, task force, which there's no such thing as gun violence, by the way, it's human violence, right. but that's another story. So what she's doing, she's trying to put more focus on 
confiscating guns while simultaneously letting violent prisoners out of jail. So you explain to me how that makes any sense. The only way it makes sense is if it serves a purpose of putting good people in fear and making them dependent upon government. That's the pl- that's what it seems to be. It seems to be that's the plan. Make good people fearful, unarm- disarm them, make them dependent on government so they stay in their house and they do what they're told, while releasing prisoners and removing their their God-given right to defend themselves. It's a pretty simple concept because when you make people de- dependent, you can get them to vote however you want them to. And then you've got uh, groups like the uh, ATF, organizations like the ATF that come in and strong-arm people. So you're going after the manufacturers. You're going after the people that sell firearms. You're going after the people that, um, you know, just maybe want to build their own firearm and buy the uh, uh, buy the parts and pieces online. Uh, you're going after people with red flag laws who, uh, you know, uh, they could cause a problem. They might cause a problem. There might be a threat. There might be an issue. That's a lot of woulda, shoulda, coulda for me, Dan. And uh, and people really, really need to keep their eyes open on a lot of different levels. As always, my friend, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being a willing participant, and uh, we'll get you back on here again soon. Anytime, pal. Keep up the great work. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Dan Wass, my friends, that is a guy that you need to check out on a variety of uh, different uh, uh, different outlets, the uh, host of his own radio program and the like. And uh, we thank him for taking the time to join us, as I thank you for joining us this morning as well. It is uh, Icapalooza tomorrow morning, so uh, why not get back in here and join us on The Daily Show here on uh, none other than 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. It is...